Hey, family. So we are back. <laughs> Me and my beautiful Y2K are back with y'all. We are excited to be back with y'all. Uh, full transparency. It was mama's fault uh, that we didn't have an episode last week. Um, I You're was a busy woman. Yes. Ripping and running in D.C. Had an awesome time um, as a part of a women's policy uh, cohort uh, talking about broadband and the digital divide. So had an awesome time in D.C., met some phenomenal women um, and really looking forward to kind of just continuing um, working in that space. So but yeah, my, my fault. Sorry. You know, we weren't with y'all, but a lot has happened. So that gives us even more to talk, talk about. about yes. <laughs> so, Miss uh, My Y2K, how's it going? Things are going well. Yes, lots of updates, lots of new things um, in the works. But um, I'm just excited to be back with y'all, excited to have this new episode coming out. Um, for everyone who's live or who's getting on the live with us, welcome. So excited to be back. Yeah, everything's going well. Yay, looking cute per usual. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so I, you know, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier in the week, but I want to just jump right in mm -hmm. to uh, first let me, you know, this year's um, NCAA women's tournament was amazing. Phenomenal. So good. Um, shout out to the Hokies. Yes. Um, the, the final four. Uh, and actually, we're just one game away. So close, um, so close uh, from the championship game. So yeah. big shout out uh, to uh, the women Hokies basketball team. Um, but before we even get into the whole um, Angela Reese and the class list and the Caitlin Clark and all that, I want to first just again give a round of applause to all of the amazing female student athletes. Yes. Um, Enough is not uh, said about the work that goes into what you uh, ladies do. Um, you know, we're still trying to to bridge that gap uh, in terms of you guys not only getting the shine that you deserve, but also getting the paper uh, that you yeah, deserve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to just say that first and foremost, because that should have been what the conversations were about following this year's tournament. Mm -hmm. But... But some people had other plans. Yes. And so for those of you who maybe have been under a rock uh, and not. <laughs> hey, that's too much. <laughs> some people want to. <laughs> not aware. <laughs> not locked in. Not locked in. Just locked um, in. LSU won. Mm -hmm. um, convincingly. Yes. Um, against Iowa. LSU was the team that no one was giving any shot to um, going far in the tournament, let alone making it to the championship round right. and winning the championship. Um, and so they're, um, aside from their coach, because we're not going to really focus on on the coach, mm -hmm. um, but their player, um, uh, Angel Reese, um, was called out um, using the typical tropes uh, that Black women uh, here, uh, when we do something that our non-melanin counterparts 
participate in. Um, and so there was just a huge, you know, you know, she was classless, you know, right. cause she threw up the, you know, you can't see me, you know, right. ring me, um, which we have seen many athletes do male and female. Right. You're at the top of your game and you're in this competitive space. Um, but she got called classless. She got called hood, ghetto, uh, and several other things that got even worse than that by grown men, white men that should have known better. Um, and so I want to get your thoughts on how all that went down. Right. On the, and also on um, Caitlin Clark. Right. And her, her response. Right. Um, and then we'll circle back to this whole uh, throwing out of, of our white, of our first lady and her, her uh, off the cuff suggestion. Yes. <laughs> well, did you, you know, but, um, but, you know, my Y2K, what did you think about, you know, all of that? So, um, my sweet mate, my roommate, or one of my roommates, Cass, she is a huge, huge basketball fanatic. She recently got me and my other roommate locked into basketball. So we've been watching on both sides of the tournament for men's and women's. The games, we've been watching people compete. And the women this year, again, like you mentioned previously, have just been insane. And not to say that they're not insane every year, they are, but this year, I just think it was a really good opportunity to showcase just how well they play and just how dedicated they are to their crafts. Because, again, in, in light of, you know, Hokies and the women Hokies who went very, very far in this tournament, it's just, you know, the games, the viewership, it all was kind of on display in a positive light that was just so necessary, I think, because, again, like, um, when it comes to women in sports and dominating the sports that they're in, they oftentimes don't get the credit that they're due or their flowers because, again, like people think that the men's sports are, you know, more interesting or they draw in more crowds when in reality, like people want to see these women compete at high levels, as you can clearly see by the level of viewership. So I just thought that that was incredible. And again, like you mentioned previously, the tournament was insane. Um, everybody played their asses off like. It was insane. It was, it was incredible to watch. I wish I could be that athletic, but I ain't got that in my bag, unfortunately. Me, <laughs> that wasn't okay. in my cards. It, it was never for me. I'm not tall enough. You know, it just it wasn't going to be for me. But um, yeah, it's been incredible to watch. And then, of course, leading up to the championship game, you know, you see Caitlin Clark and she's just dominating and she's just in, like from three. She's just she's hitting all of it. And, and you know, of course, on, on Angel Reese's side, you know, she's this girl from Baltimore, who ended up transferring to LSU and has just had like a hell of a year. So on both sides, it's just like incredible women who, you know, have perfected their craft and worked hard to be where they are. And so end of the day, like at watching the when watching the game, because of course, you know, the Hokies were really close, but didn't quite make it. I really had no preference in like who won. Um, mm -hmm. I was just excited to sit and watch the game. And they played again, a hell of a game. And at the end, it's kind of just like, that's just what you expect. Like, she, she, 
Caitlin Clark had been one to talk a lot of shit. She had been one the whole, you know, tournament to be like, oh, you know, shut up. Like, you down. I'm up. Like, so, you know, it's just a heat of the moment type of thing. I'm not a competitor. And uh, she balled. Like, right. she earned the right, right to talk all the trash she was right. I was and I'm not even really like a, a like a sports type of person, so I'm I've never really had to engage like that with sportsmanship. But just when competing, like you can talk a little bit of smack, like oh I'm up, um you're like you're down, I'm losing, uh, I'm winning. So it's kind of just one of those things where I feel like in the moment everyone should have just been like oh okay she talked her shit and she won and she rightly rightly so because she had just won a national championship and instead I remember like because again we had been watching the game live. And I remember going on Twitter right after, and the first thing that's trending is like the number one thing is classless. So I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, like I don't really know what's going on, but I click on it and I'm like, okay, all these people have a lot to say. And of course, by people, I mean white people had a lot to say about Angel Reese all of a sudden. Mind you, her and her team have just did, you know, the unthinkable for them. Because again, like you mentioned, everyone the whole year had been like, oh, LSU, they're not going to make it. They're going to get out in this round and that round. And they had just won themselves a national championship. And instead of that being the highlight and the fact that this, you know, coach and this team full of predominantly black women had managed to do something unprecedented and set a, a record for the number of points that they scored. So right. instead of that being the focus, it's like, oh, no, like, She's class. Listen, uh, I, I think the thing or uh, the tweet that was getting like the most like likes and hits at the time was like a uh, classless piece of shit. And it's like I remember mm -hmm. reading that and being like, wow, <laughs> that's, well, they went in. Right. That's like mm, side eye, because is it really that serious? Is it ever that serious? I understand, again, with sports, people get really heated. People get really in the moment. And that is fine. But in this case, it's like you are coming at a 20 year old. Black right. woman who has done something that you will never be able to do, right. athletically or otherwise. So right. it was just like people were going in and going crazy. And, oh, well, this is just unsportsmanlike. And she doesn't even deserve it. And just that the third. And it's like you have to be mindful of the fact that like of the space that they're in and yeah. of the, the position that she has been in on this team and the role that she's played. And, and again, a little bit of shit talking has never done anybody any harm. If you can see yeah. from the video, Kayla Clark didn't even care. She wasn't even bothered. Right. Exactly. Anyone out the other, because again, she knows that as a competitor, you 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 vested me. And that's right. that's fine. But I'll be back. We'll be back. Exactly. And run it back. And she what I loved is that Caitlin Clark understood that, you know, LSU, Angel Reese, them winning, it took nothing away from her dominance this season. Right. I mean, un hands down, she was the top female player this year by right. far, right? right? I mean, she is on an unprecedented track again. And and same thing, LSU and their win was historic. This was the first win for this school, male or female teams right? Um, in basketball. And so it was, it was so disheartening to hear some of those comments and comments about the, really it's that juxtaposition to say, okay, well, Kate, like one comment, Caitlin Clark, her parents are going to be so proud because of how she handled it. Right. And even without you saying it, it kind of means that, so Angel Reese's parents are what? Ashamed? Disappointed or embarrassed? Like, right. You know, and so, you know, hearing comments like that, when, like I shared with you earlier this week, what we all, 
as a society and as a people should have been doing was supporting all of these female athletes. We should all be rooting for them to succeed in everything that they do in life, on that court and off that court. Right. We should want both Angel and Caitlin to get as many bags as they can from as many places as they can. Right. right. So it shouldn't be a, you know, or we shouldn't, you know, it's that knee jerk to say, I feel like I got to put this group down. It's always one of those situations where it's like, yeah, it's like a this or that. Yeah. Like you, you two things cannot coincide simultaneously. Like Angel Reese can be an incredible player alongside Caitlin Clark. That doesn't right. have to be a one or the other. They both, right. again, are doing things that most people, most average people could never even think of. Exactly. So, exactly. and that is, that's what's mind boggling. And it's not just um, in sports too. Like I was happy to see people point out, you know, the fact that this happens anywhere women are occupying spaces and anywhere there's a mix of the type of women who are occupying these spaces with black and white right. women, black and brown with white women occupying these same spaces, filling these same roles, having these same responsibilities. But our approaches are always going to be different, right? right. Because we, we've got different experiences. We, Perceptions, we backgrounds. Yeah. You know, and we bring all of that with us into any space that we enter, right? We bring right. who we are and society wants to say, yes, come as you are, be your authentic self. And then the minute a black or a brown woman shows up as their authentic self. Right, it's a problem. You know, you've, um, you know, you, you've crossed some arbitrary, you know, you've stepped out of this arbitrary box. Right. It continues. Yeah, we, we put you in to say, you can be here, but right. only this much. Right. You can show you who you are, but only by this much. This much. You know, you go this much, we yes. got a problem. And that's mm -hmm. why I just have so much respect for Angel Reese because she is taking this in stride. She right. is laughing at the haters and she really just doesn't care. And I mean, to be completely honest with you, I don't know who would. Because again, as someone who has just won a national championship, what do you think I'm going to feel like from you talking about, oh, you classes, da da da, da. I have a mm -hmm. ring on the way. So... Yeah. <laughs> And they, like, you know, both her and Caitlin, I think, understand the bigger picture, right? They both know what's waiting for them beyond college, uh, right. college uh, basketball, right? Mm -hmm. They both know the hurdles that the WNBA is still experiencing, right? So that they can come on par with their male counterparts. Ne neither one of them are under the misconception that that's going to be any different from either one of them because of the color of their skin. They understand right. that landscape doesn't change. We both can ball out, you know, as much as we want, but going into the WNBA is still going to be a feat that again is not going to pay us, you know, what we're worth, pay us our value, you mm -hmm. know, the investments into the WNBA are still lagging behind that of the NBA, um of the NBA. Now it is moved, don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of progress. Um, you know, but there's still a lot to be done. And so again, I commend both of them, all of these teams, all of these squads. And there was um there was a sports, a local sports announcer, and I can't, I think his name was like Mike, I think. It may not be Mike. If it's not, I apologize, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Um, 
but he had white guy he had one of the best takes and he kind of just clapped back to again to say this is not even what we should be talking about right we shouldn't be upset with angel reese for what she did any more than we you know should have or anybody who felt some kind of way about caitlin talking track and again if you on the receiving end of it because you lost because you taking that l right, right? That's part of the game. Don't mm -hmm. play the sport. Don't play. Mm -hmm. Don't participate if you can't take that. Right. I'm you know, I remember basketball in school. It sucks to lose. Period. Mm -hmm. It sucks to lose. It sucks to lose the promotion. It sucks to lose, you know, out on the raise that you thought you were going to get. Like it sucks not to achieve something that, you know, you have worked so hard for and right. you just got out bested by somebody who that particular day, that particular time did it just a little bit better than you did. Right. You know, but again, you don't you know, we don't have to discount, you know, one group or discount one person, especially as women. Like, I hate seeing this, you know, amongst ourselves as women. Mm -hmm. There's such a small box and circle they want to keep us in to begin with. Like, we can't create smaller boxes within the box that females right. are already called to exist in. Mm -hmm. You got to stop that. Um, so, moving on a little bit to um, <laughs> First Lady Jill Biden. Bless her heart. Love Jill. Mm -hmm. Love you. I'm not. Um, I'm not gonna say too much. <laughs> well, I mean, she's done some really amazing things. She's championed the the cancer moonshoot, you know, dress addressing issues with cancer and seeing as how that multiple cancers have impacted this fam, our family. Mm -hmm. um, so I do commend her for that work. Um, but this um, uh, kumbaya. Uh, let's let's have the winners and the losers in the White House. What you what you think about the White First of all, we all know that if the shoe was on the other foot, and if Iowa had won the championship, LSU won't get no invite to the White House. That's one. And for two, I just think again, it's like we have never, I don't think, been the type of country to hand out participatory participatory awards to the losing teams. When has that ever been a thing? Not in the competitive front, you know, not not on this scale. Now, of course, right. they, they got little leaguers running around here, yeah, getting all kind of little participation trophies. But again, those are for children. <laughs> right, exactly. In, in our grown ages, nobody, you win or you go home right. on the bus or on the plane, wherever you came from. That Those are the options. Right. They don't send the people who win the Super Bowl, oh, well, you and the losers, y'all come visit. No, like... Because, again, right. that comes with the sport and comes with the competitiveness to be like the best of the best get an invite or the best of, you know, this particular genre or sport or whatever the case may be. They get, you know, these extra novelties. It yeah. makes absolutely no sense. And I'm I'm confused as to even what her thought process was to be like, oh, well, we're just going to have everybody. No. Right. No. Like, that's not. I, Why would you do that? That was that was my question. Like, Jill, boo, girl, before you let that come out your mouth, what was rolling through your head? And I think some White. of it was exactly, well, yes, I think it was exactly what you said. Sorry. Like, you feel horrible. And again, Caitlin Clark has asked for nobody or the, or the team or the coach or Iowa, period. 
has asked for anybody to give them handouts, to give to them come to their defense. Right. So, you know, you don't see them running around here playing the victims. You don't see them running around here saying, yeah, we would love. No, look, y'all want to come to the White House, book a tour. It's open. You know, y'all can make it a girl's trip. You know, like everybody else come here this summer, you know, but I'm, I agree those, you know, and having championship teams mm -hmm. come to the white house has been just a part of our larger national competitive sports, right? From college to, to the professional levels. And again, you have never since that started to become a thing, someone even hear someone throw that out there as a possibility to consider that we want the, you know, the losing team played so well. So you know, we might as well just have all, like, no, you know, they didn't play well enough. No, it would have made more sense to me if she, if she had said, I think all of the elite eight should come to the White House. But even that is kind of like. And have a special luncheon. Uh, uh hear me out. And have a special luncheon for these women separate from LSU's solo trip. That's just too much. At that point, it don't even make no well, sense. I'm just saying, since she wants she want to open up the White House to people, I'm offering her, offering her But in that case, just open it up to everybody at that point. Where is everybody from? Like, let's just have her, like, mm -mm, no. Nah, like, let's, nah. like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, if, if it's a meet in the middle, you know, because again, I, you know, all of those teams, you know, right. did awesome. You know, right. and, and of course that's to, true, because again, they're playing at a level that is just like, ridiculous mm -hmm. but again historically the whole you know playoff team the whole hunt everybody in the hunt can't come to the playoffs like that's just not how that works <laughs> oh well you know sorry we feel better let's just have everybody come like no that's not how that works you play you compete if you win you keep going if you lose you go home so they okay. played they competed unless you won they get to go to the white house i think again maybe if I were to try and play devil's advocate for poor Jill, I'd say, oh, you know, she was trying to ease the tensions that have kind of arose from all this back and forth and, oh, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and all this stuff. She was trying to smooth things over with everybody. But Maybe. at the end of the day, the players themselves don't care. The only people who no. care are people who aren't playing the game. They didn't They didn't get this. Right. Yeah. So, and, and And you're right. Give her the benefit of the doubt. And maybe that's what she was thinking is that there's all of this kind of brouhaha. Both of these teams and both of these, the leaders of these teams are phenomenal young women. And maybe it'll have, it'll have everyone else change their tune. Right. And what they're saying, if I step up. So let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Cause I mean, I, again, it was just so, and to be honest, I did not see that coming. I'm like, you like, I watched the game. I'm, expecting just to go on social media and and hear this was historic oh my god right. this is one of the best tournaments we had seen da, 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 da. you know and to to see that hashtag trending and then to see what it was trending about like i said i it was just um again another missed opportunity yet again for america to show um, up and they right. did to show up to show that um you know we We've got come as far as we show that we are not classes, right? <laughs> right, but um, fail, um, big F, and so you know we'll take that I'm, L along with the rest of them and then keep it. Yeah, I mean the, the L's are stacking up. The L's are stacking up. Yes. 
Uh, and speaking of the biggest L of this country is oh. it's racist um, history uh, that uh, I don't think in my lifetime, your lifetime, two, three lifetimes after yours, <laughs> if we are, if the planet is even still here, I don't see that shifting. But as a parent, what you would want to see is that spaces like our college campuses be a be better equipped to address those things that come up and show themselves and prove themselves to be racist. Right. That is what I would expect. Same thing like in our workplaces. I in society, that beast is never going to go away. Right. But in schools, in workplaces, in, you know, other smaller pockets of society where there should be more voices saying this is unacceptable and not only saying that it is unacceptable, but there are consequences for that type of behavior. Right. And so um, I know, like I said, we didn't get a chance to talk last week, but there was something that happened like the week prior, you know, to like, I think like, like maybe a day or two after our first episode. Yes. Yep. Um, and so tell, you know, tell folks what, what happened. And then you, you even said there's been some stuff even since then. So what is going on, on, um, at, at Virginia Tech? We, the, the women's basketball team had just had a phenomenal season, but there are some issues on that campus. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Cause again, we can't, can't have too much, you know, there's always gotta be something, but, Recently, just on campus, there's been a lot of racial injustice and a lot of, you know, very blatant racism, because, of course, we're always used to the less or more discreet versions of racism, the microaggressions and the looks and the, mm, I don't know, and you are, you don't look like you're supposed to be here, those types of things. But recently, it has just been outright to where it's just like at the forefront of, you know, our, it's in our faces. And the university has just continuously failed to actually act upon what's going on in a manner that is, is active mm -hmm. and in need or in motion towards change. Mm -hmm. So one of the um, members who kind of runs and is overseeing diversity and inclusion here at Tech, diversity, equity, and inclusion, excuse me, um, had someone, some random person, right on his door, just nigger. Um, and cross out, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is obviously like what he kind of oversees and looks over and takes care of. Um, and he posted about it, obviously, and received a lot of support from, you know, different people and, you know, my friends and just people around campus who were like, this is unacceptable. And everyone, of course, was tagging Virginia Tech. And what are you guys going to do? What's your response? And it's been radio silence. Like, and <laughs> it's just become one of those things where you see the posts like, oh, well, Virginia Tech doesn't, we condemn this sort of behavior and we do not support X, Y, Z and racism, discrimination, da, 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 da. But it's like, where is the action? Because right. as we know, actions are gonna always speak louder than words. Right. 
which we can clearly see based on the actions of some of the people on this campus who feel like it's okay and it's justified to say certain things, to do certain things, to behave in a certain manner that is just abominable, especially in 2022 in this generation where I'm so sorry, but to be a uh, uh, Gen V and be racist is just like, I'm so sorry. That's just, it's like, it, I'm, it'll never make sense to me. To be any sort of racist in any sort of generation, obviously is just like, you know, what's wrong with you? But in generations where that's what you know, that's what you see, that's at the forefront, you know. Right, I mean, a complete your generation you know. and the generations that have come after have grown up in some of the more, I mean, this, this country, <laughs> has been diverse diverse for such a long period of time like right. i would see if we were talking about again the generations who grew up where segregation was still a thing right, right? um the generations who were a part of the first um round of kind of integration right, right. or even the people whose parents were a part of that generation or whose right. grandparents were a part of that generation that just gives you a completely different perspective and outlook and lens on the country but to right. be in this generation where all you have known and seen repeatedly, historically around you is is inclusion and equity and people black and brown and everyone in between being able to be represented in a way that's positive and right. in a way that supports and, you know, highlights growth, change, all those things. It's like you have right. no, I mean, they don't have an excuse either, but you have even yeah. less of an excuse to turn hate and, and push that out towards people that, again, have done nothing to you. That man right. who is running and overseeing, you know, diversity and equity and inclusion here on campus, he's not bothering nobody. <laughs> right. And the work that he's doing, again, is not about, and I, I wish people would correct their talking points when we even think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? It is not, um, again, meant to say we want to take away and or exclude anyone, right? Yeah. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is actually about saying, hey, if we think about principles that align with those three things, everyone is actually going to benefit. Right. The folks who have traditionally been in power and those who we want to see come into places and position of more authority and more power so that it is shared is the shared experience. You know, exactly. Right. And that's what what I hate. And then the fact that the university, as you put it, you know, and as you said, is not taking hard, tangible action. Because that just emboldens yeah. those kids. Of course. And my thing is that, like, I, I thought to be like, okay, well, what would I want to see or what could Virginia Tech do to show more action and to show and that they genuinely, wholeheartedly do not align with what it is that we're seeing? And it's like the statements, the posts is simply not enough. Like, we need an investigation. We need to figure, you need to like actually crack down on these things and be like, okay, yes, we say that we're, we condemn it and we say that we're against it and we say that we don't believe in this, that, the third, but here's how we're going to prove it to you all, everyone on campus, not even just the black people on this campus, but to everyone, because who wants to be in an environment where no one, certain people don't feel safe or certain people don't feel represented. Right. Or welcome. Right. In a place, again, every kid, 
on that campus, a parent has cut a check, somebody somewhere has cut a check and a big check for all of those kids to be on that campus to right. get an education. Right. And to the people who would kind of, you know, come back and say, well, that's why it's better for, you know, our kids not to go to predominantly white institutions. Right. And I call bull on that. Our, any kid, black, white, brown, pink, yellow, polka dot, green, whatever, should be able to go to school wherever they so choose, wherever their parents can afford, whatever scholarships, you know, that may uh, permit them to attend a school. If they have the grades, if they've got, the, you know, if, if they filled out an application and got a letter back saying you've been accepted, right. then they should be able to attend. And I, I don't, I, I, the answer to this problem is not relegated to saying, well, all of our kids just need to go to HBCUs or to institutions that are predominantly black. Right. Um, Cause those institutions in and of themselves have their own set of issues right. that sometimes are not conducive to learning and not conducive to, again, the, the growth. They also can be places where there's safety concerns, right. um, you know, whether that's, you know, thinking about their sexual assaults are high on most campuses. Right. So there's all these other factors that as a parent, again, you don't no parent wants to send their kid to school in any school, elementary, high school, college. And again, not um, or have concerns that, again, that, that your child is not going to be treated appropriately. Right. Um, or that those issues won't be addressed, you know, and I, I hope that that young man's parents um, are engaged or at least attempting to get engaged with the school. Cause I know that's what I would be doing. I would probably have been in someone's office by now and waiting, <laughs> um, till somebody is available to see me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because, you know, I, and, and tech is not, you know, by itself. Again, this happens on many, many lots of our- of Lots of PWI campuses, yes. Exactly. And like you said, we are just living in a day and time where, yes, we know racism, we're, we're not going to be able to get rid of it in, in society as a whole. But there are places where leadership should be able to address it and to, right. weed, it, to weed it out and let people know if those it's are- not acceptable people, here. Yeah. If those are your beliefs, right, this is not where you want to be. Right. You, I'm sure there's some school somewhere you can find that when we say that is more tailored and suited to your, you know, ideologies. Yes, and when we say PWI, we mean PWI, and the ones who are not white who are here are a little bit more inclined. Again, they're gonna stay in the boxes that we want them to be in, and then we won't have no problems. Right? It's sad, but those institutions, you know, exist. And I say, you know what, if that's what you feel, go for it. You know, I, I am never one to want to argue with a racist individual, with a sexist, indi any ist individual. <laughs> I like arguing just because I think that I, I just can't help myself. Like, I'm so sorry. It just, it, because it just blows my mind. And they're genuinely wholeheartedly, it's just no reason to think that way for any reason. Like, 
I argue just so I can prove a point to be like, you're arguing for the sake of absolutely nothing. You're arguing to, to basically claim, I dislike these group of people because dot, dot, dot. Right. And She's that's my child. <laughs> When she, when she gets older, she'll you'll put that energy elsewhere. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, something something more productive than just you know as, as, as arguing you know, with racist. But yeah, you like mm, yeah, okay. It's, I think again, just because from a generational lens, it right. it just holistically just I uh like it's just not it's not not gonna make sense for me. Sorry, exactly. And family, that's why she and I want to hop on here on Wednesdays, right? Because um, her, you know, the Y2K generation, the the Gen Z, the Gen whatever's coming after, I forget the rest of them, I think it's at least one or two more after you. Yes. Um, <laughs> beyond Gen Z, I kind of get lost with the rest of them. Um, but, you know, y'all's demographic is a demographic that is growing and it is y'all's demographic that will one day be in those positions of leadership. And it's y'all's demographic that is starting to show up and show out in elections and at the polls and being vocal in what you guys are not going to tolerate and, and, and put up with. And I commend the fearlessness of y'all's generation and, and the younger generations. Um, because my generation and definitely the ones before me, you know, it was it's complex in terms of how far we can maybe put ourselves out there, right? There's a there's a certain level of like placativeness to be like, okay, well, yeah. we got this far, we just gonna chill here for a second and yeah we'll see and i think my generation is more just like no or y'all y'all did get this far y'all have gotten us to this point and we're so grateful but we got places further further ahead that we need to be yes and we got to make that shake somehow and yeah. it's just like a lack of acceptiveness towards bs like we're just not going for that Sorry. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and that, that's cases, the beauty of it. Yeah, you know, I mean that's that's like, the beauty of it. Yeah, and in some cases, I definitely think that like our combativeness can can sometimes lean more towards being problematic. You know, because we're just so ready to you know be up in arms and so ready to just go and fight that yeah. you know we may not be that receptive to just hearing and listening and taking things in. Right, but I think that we definitely have some good some good <laughs> foundations to be like this yes. is what we hope to stand for right and i think that is what you all need from our generation right it's it's those tools of saying how do we we want y'all to fight we want you to fight smart right and we want you to say, hey, there are new tools and new ways and new levers that you all can pull that previous generations didn't have access to, right? They're going to continue to move the goalpost. You know, there, there's never going to become a time, I think, when the fight comes yes. to, exactly. Yeah. Because while we as Black people 
built physically the country, right? Mm -hmm. But we didn't build the systems that run it. Right. Right. So they understood to say, okay, well, yes, we have, you know, we've enslaved, you know, an entire group of people to build, you know, a, a, a country for us, right? But under no terms <laughs> do we ever want them to be in control of what happens in the country. Right. You know, and I think that's going to always be, um, you know, I, I think that's where our battle lies is to say, this is the system that we have now, two years from now, five years from now, 10 years, it may be a completely different system. And history has shown us that that is typically how the playbook plays out, right? From reconstruction to Jim Crow, to mass incarceration, to redlining, to the just the complete destruction of black communities who were doing well, contributing to society, you know, again, yes. these centers of black excellence and just get torn down when they reach, you know, a level. When they go too far again from right. the box that we're placed in when we when we tip outside of that line. Right. That's when you have, you know, things like yeah. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right. And, you know, and and the the scary thing and, and and two things, you know, that, you know, before we, you know, in tonight, um, and they're both really connected to each other. And that is us making sure that from generation to generation, that we understand that we, we all have and pass along that historical context, right? We can never, can never afford to not know that the, the, the past. And, sure. and, and and all the bits of it. Right. Um, which is why, regardless of what they do in these schools and stripping away certain books and stripping away certain curriculums, us as a community must ensure that that history is not lost. Right. right? They were they were never really teaching it fully anyway. Anyway, yeah, of course. So it is totally on us again as a community not even just us as parents but it definitely starts in our homes but us as a community to say we are going to make sure that we understand our history and not just the history of when we hit these shores but the history of what and who we were in our own land right mm -hmm. the ancestral lands and understanding to use that then to say, now we can understand how to navigate it. Because again, their playbook has pretty much been the same. They have actually haven't changed or right. right. new. Right. You know, um, I think like you said, we just sometimes get complacent, right? We, we stop figuring out how to center what's important for us yes. as a community, right? We, our attention is so divided mm -hmm. on none. some nonsense and then some things that are actually important, but they don't get the, the motion that they need because again, half of that attention is going towards things that don't even matter. Yeah. And I think it's like, we talk about it often, just how like knowledge genuinely is power, especially in 
you know, a time where it's literally at, it's like right here. It's at the tip of your fingertips. You just have to look for it. You just have to want to know more right. yeah. about where you came from, about the work it took to get to where we are and knowing that it's not even really that far. We haven't right. really made that much progress. No. Realistically. No, because <laughs> as progress is made, progress gets chipped, it gets chipped away. Right. You so know. it's like to know that like, yes, we've come far. Yes, there have been lots and, and a number, hundreds, thousands of sacrifices made to get us to this point. However, we still have a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. And in dividing our attention between things that genuinely wholeheartedly don't matter, it's like I told you before, and jokingly, just like we have not had a serious conversation since the civil rights movement. Like, what are we talking about? What's like, what are the conversations looking like? And it's focused sometimes on just nonsensical stuff that in reality makes no difference in you know, our struggle. It makes no difference in the things that we want to see changed. Right. And two things, right? So A, like you said, like the conversations that we are having, can they, we, we can't continue to talk about what is, right. right? And the problem and the issues and the challenges. Obviously, we are an extremely capable race of people. Absolutely. So we should be coming together as a whole saying, here's what we are going to do. Right. Period. This, 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 and this. And we need everybody to get on board, you know, with this. Yeah. And I think the problem in lies is that everybody wants different things. We We as a people cannot agree on what we feel like we need. Right. True. And then, of of course, you know, we have external problems. We got internal problems. And we've talked about this before. Me and you just how the internal external like it's like, which one do we do? Like, what do we what do we focus on? And the reality of it is, is that we have to kind of play both fronts. We have to work on the things that are happening to us. And then we have to work on the things that we are doing to each other. Yes. That part. And, and yeah, I do. I remember, yeah, that was a few years ago when we were, you know, talking and you, you know, forgot even how we got on the subject. And, and again, I think the, there are, like you said, the internal and the external, and we are so far behind the proverbial eight ball on so many fronts. And that's why we can't afford to only focus on the external or only focus on the internal. Um, because by the time you fix what's happening to you externally. Now in- there's like 20 more things that are happening internally. E- e- exactly. You know, and it just remains fragmented, which is kind right. of, you know, what we have. It's it's a fragmented sense of who we are. And again, and that was by design. Right. You know, none of this that we're, you know, saying is meant to be, you know, make it trivial or make it sound like or this is even work. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's not. Um, you know, the last time we had our communities galvanized they killed every one of the leaders that we had right right and so that's not to be taken lightly when we think about the the next generation of leaders you know and and the risk that comes with it but i want to remind and hopefully encourage people this is how you know that we're semi on on a on a right front right and where the power lies. If like you said, if knowledge 
did not equate to power, they could care less what is happening in these textbooks right. and in our schools. Yep. If knowledge was truly not power, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't care. I mean, the education system is already in shambles. What difference does it make if it's books in the libraries talking about Rosa Parks? Right. Right? Exactly. They wouldn't care. But they understand but they how yep. powerful that is. Mm -hmm. And not just for our kids to learn it. They know how powerful it is for other kids to see, mm, dang. This is what happened in this country. Yeah. And, and now I have a choice to decide, do I want to continue to be a part of continuing that same kind of, you know, um, oppression and, and separation and division, right? Because now you've given, again, you've given me some knowledge. I can make a better decision. Having knowledge allows us to make better informed decisions. And right. that's in everything in life. So that's one. Voting. Every election, especially the big, big presidential elections, you hear it over and over again. My vote doesn't matter. Vote doesn't count. Right. If it didn't, do you honestly think they would work as hard as they do to keep us from voting? Right. <laughs> Every time a, a responsible legislation comes into power in a state or mm -hmm. in a county, right? They put things in place to the say- The first thing they do is change districts and switch it, things right. around and make things more difficult. Exactly. Then you that, that group cycles out and maybe you get another one in there and they're a little bit more sane. So they put protect, protections in there to say, well, if you want to change the district maps- you have to have X, Y, and Z. You have right. to have community approval. And again, you gotta gotta have to have a vote for it, right? Mm -hmm. There's no way they would go through those hurdles. Mm -hmm. If our vote did not matter. If and our vote made no difference. Thank you. And we have got to stop telling that lie to ourselves. They will continue to make it difficult. Yes. They will continue to put up as many roadblocks as they can. Because they know. Right. What we cannot afford to do is to say, well, I jumped through three of the roadblocks, but I'm not jumping through them last two. Like we, 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 we can't do that. Jump through any and every hoop that they put in front of us when it comes to vote. When it comes to, you know, our brothers and sisters who have felonies, right? Got a family full of them. In your states where like here, you know, where they say, well, we're not going to make it automatic. Uh, you know, you're going to have to do an application. Do the application. Right. Go to whatever website they're saying you go to, pull whatever documents that they need, you know, asking you to put together. Do the work. Like we, we can't be lazy when it comes to what we know we can do to change things. Running for office local level offices, participating on your city councils, understanding what pieces of legislation are out there and, and how they yeah and how they're going to impact you. Like I challenge everybody. Congress is getting ready to 
break um, for the summer, right? All of our state legislators and our senators are going to be in at home, in their states and or in their districts. To make them move on legislation or move on an issue that's important to you, you got to show up. They need to see you. Because the reason that they'll change a map, right, the reason that they will redistrict a community is because the white people in the community showed up and said, we don't want this. Right. We had way too many minorities that showed up and voted in this district and they flipped our district. That happened right here in Virginia with the seventh district in Virginia. Yep. That is exactly what happened. Abigail Spanberger came in here, flipped the district that had been red for an extremely long time, turned it blue, was hanging and holding on to the to the district. And when the new governorship and leadership came into place, they redistricted. And a lot of that had to do with the people who showed up in the surrounding districts who said, we don't really want that we would like to reclaim this district. So we, since we know where those votes are coming from, let's just move those out of the seventh district. Right. Let's lump them with another district that it's already uh, a blue district, right? That's how this gang works. But because we didn't show up, right? We didn't push back on it. You know, we didn't figure out to say, hey, look, hmm, they're about to do some redistricting here. I need to go and show up. You know, I need to see what's happening on my on my my, my county board. Right. See what's happening on our school boards, our school boards. These are elected officials. Right. Yes. You need to know what they're doing. Your DAs, your county clerks, your judges. They're in off cycles that may or may not be connected with the big national um, races. And we have got to make sure that we are informed and that we are showing up. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I love y'all's generation because y'all are slowly but surely getting it. And to say, hey, we're gonna, you know, if, if I'm finally eligible to vote and I'm gonna vote. And if I'm able to run, I'm going to run. Right. Yes. You know, they make it seem like case in point. And this should hopefully anybody who's maybe been thinking about running for office or participating again in government in any kind of way. Think about this. Marjorie Taylor Greene is an idiot. She's imbecile. Something ain't right. Put it that way. She could be highly intelligent for all I know. However, none of that has been on display. Um, and we have many elected officials that aren't even college educated. But they would have us believe, you know, that you got to have all those things. Right. And I'm here to tell any and everybody, no. Most of the requirements and eligibility that it comes to run is that do you live where you say you're trying <laughs> to, to run? Live. And are you the age that you need to be? Exactly. Do you meet the age limit requirement? Um, are you a U.S. citizen? Uh, that's about it. Right. Like, seriously, people, that is about it. So when we see stuff that's broke, when we see stuff that needs to be fixed, 
maybe we don't have to sit around and wait for somebody else to fix it. Participate mm -hmm. on on a council, you know, become appointed. And, and even if it's saying, hey, it's a bunch of people who maybe I don't agree with from a, a political you know, viewpoint or whatnot. It, we still need to be in the room. Right. right. They still, they, we still need to. There's nothing wrong with have a seat at the table. table you know, yes. have a seat at the table. And only should the only time we should relinquish that seat is when we're going now to say, thank you. Appreciate it. I got everything I needed from y'all's table. And now I'm going to go build my own. And I, I, I invite you to come now and sit at my table. Right. Right. So, you know, you know that's the thing. Like we, we run around here not coming to the table, leaving the table too soon and not building enough of our own tables. Right. Quite frankly. So. Um, that's my soapbox, right? That's my call to action for everybody is to really, I really want us to think about getting better engaged. I want us to follow the lead of these Y2Ks and these Gen Zs. I want us to follow their lead and step out and say, hey, look, yeah, we're not going for that either. You know, Here and we may let them be up front, but trust and believe that these older generations, we behind them. Right. We standing with them behind them because y'all should lead. Right. Our, our time is going to be coming to an end. We should be standing behind y'all, pushing y'all forward, you know, in 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 society and pushing you guys forward in being the change that we know we all need. Right. And it's going to make life better for everybody like that. Right. That's what I want to do. You know, it's, it's be I want to be a pusher. I want to be a pusher. <laughs> Period. <laughs> that can have a little bit of a negative negative connotation, but that's neither here nor here. Neither here nor there. Depends on what you're pushing. So I want to be a pusher of people, right? Okay. I want to be a pusher of information. I want to be a pusher of policy. Sure. I want to be a pusher for mental health and well-being. I want to yes. be a pusher for authenticity. I want to be a pusher for all things that are going to allow us to show up fully, safely, intact, mentally well, and sound in every space that we're meant to be in. That's what I want to do. And that's what I want to push people to do. That's what I'm going to continue to push you to do. Um, as long as I've got breath and, you know, a drink or two in my hand, I will <laughs> you, um, you know, until, you know, I'm no longer here. And I want to encourage my generation to also become pushers, right? Push, not, not just push our kids, you know, push the people around us, push other young people that you know and that you get to, get to interact with. And if you're a millennial, you know, or even, you know, um, if, if, if you don't spend time with young people, shame on you. Damn. Shame on you. Um, You're just introverted, mom. I'm not talking about people who are introverted. They're not hanging out with anybody. I'm talking about the people who were like, eh, we well, don't fool with them young people, right? We gotta, we gotta strip ourselves of that thinking. I'm talking to my my generation now and the generation even before me. Like we we have to get out of that. This is all about intergeneration, intergenerations, right? We have things that we've 
done, been through, experienced that we can share and lay and pour into the next generations. And we can't do that effectively if we're not talking to y'all, right? If we're not coming into y'all spaces and asking y'all what's going on and asking, you know, well, what you think about this and how would you handle that? Like all of that is so important. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm calling my generation out because I hear a lot of uh, the other people who's like, no, nah, I really don't, I don't mess with young people like that, you know? And I, I'm not saying you got to be out here doing young people things, <laughs> whatever that means to you. <laughs> you know, but we should get to know them, right? Yes. We, we should get we should get to know them and spend time with them, um, right. and not completely write them off as this generation who's going to be stuck on their phones and be completely lost if technology goes away. There should um, be some sort of positive relationship there. There you go. Yes, and and that's what it's about: positive, intergenerational. Um, you know, sharing, learning, supporting the whole nine. And and we we all need it, you know. And to be quite honest, just so y'all know, it actually helps keep us young, right? It keeps us at least young at heart, okay? To be able to yes. see the world through these younger eyes. And young in the face too. Don't forget. Yep. Um, yep. You know, but seeing the world through their eyes is truly a beautiful thing, Um you know, and like I said, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. And so if you haven't or it's not something you do often, find a boys and girls club, find a YMCA, connect with a group at one of your local high schools or something. There are tons of youth groups out there and youth organizations that are always looking for volunteers. And it's an awesome opportunity, again, to to connect with other people, to uh, other young people, right? Um, so that what we know, this knowledge that we have is not lost. Um, so that is my two cents. What's your final thoughts, Y2K? Now you ate. You <laughs> You need to go into government. I don't know. Like, what are you doing? You know, my tongue. I'm a, once I work on my tongue a little bit. Um, what, like you're cussing. Yeah. Oh. I'll, I'll I'll get into one of them spaces, Keon, and and may end up getting locked up. Um. um anyway, <laughs> I shouldn't. Right. I shouldn't. Because, I mean, when you think about what's been happening <laughs> these last two, three years, I, I should be fine. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> I well, <laughs> it's just it's food for thought. Maybe price I'm gonna put that 40 or something like that. I'm going to put that up here. Um, but I, your mother is definitely going to be looking at some um, local opportunities to engage with legislators, not become one myself. But I, I will be at, at the 4th District, our, our new um, Congresswoman, I will be uh, reaching out to meet with her in her office or someone from her staff uh, when, when they break this summer. So that is that is definitely um, coming because um, I, I do. I don't I don't like to ask people or, or issue some call to action if it's not something I'm willing to do myself. I vote. I, I pay attention to what's happening with these bills and or not happening with bills. Um, 
anybody who don't know how to go about that and you want to go about it, hit us up and let us know. I'm happy to send you where you can go to get that kind of information and ways that you can connect. But yes, trust and believe. I'm not going to ask anybody to do something that I am not willing to do. And so Period. Definitely, um, definitely know that, that, that that's coming. Yeah, those are my thoughts. That's it. <laughs> everything. I mean, dang, I couldn't even. Uh, all I could just do is say per. Period. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Love it. See, great minds. Great minds. What more can we say? Well, family, that wraps another episode of the Millennial Mom and her Y2K. Um, we will be back with you again next Wednesday, same place, same time, same channel talking, um, just so that you guys know. So April is, um, sexual assault awareness month. So we're also be making sure that we take some time out in some of the episodes coming up for this month, um, and shining a light on that issue, um, that is extremely pervasive, especially in, um, or for African-American women and girls. So we're going to talk a little bit about that next episode. So make sure that you come back and watch or come back and, and listen uh, to the streams on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, because we'll definitely be talking about that um, and talking uh, a little bit more about, again, our, our, our wellness, because um, this is also Minority uh, Health Month. Um, and so I want to dig a little bit into, you know, Black women and our our journey and our struggles with with health, um, and what that means to each of us. Um, and so, really, again, we got some exciting uh, shows coming up, and can't wait to uh, get back with y'all next week. Yes, yes. You hear everything. I don't know what to say, but we'll see y'all. I'll see y'all. She'll see y'all. There you go. We see you, yep. and we out. Bye. <laughs>